Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out the radio version of the show every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on WDJY 99.1 in Atlanta. We also air on a podcasting network in Los Angeles called the 405 Media. There's a TV version of the show that airs on KMVT 15 in Silicon Valley at 8 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday nights. Both versions of the show air in other states. For these show times plus past episodes, please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. Join me at the 10th Annual Media Excellence Awards on January 18th in Beverly Hills, California. The attendees and I will be celebrating innovation and leadership in technology and entertainment. There are 20 award categories with 1,000 nominees. These awards honor those who are creating groundbreaking technology to better our lives and celebrate the hard work, determination, and brilliance in the leadership within the companies which create the new world we live in today. I will be recording nominees and winners at the awards. For tickets and more information, go to MediaXAwards.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Sarah Miller. She's the CEO of Access PR and Entertainment and also the CEO and founder of the Media Excellence Awards. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, Kevin. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I, I think what you're doing is actually really cool and innovative, and I'm actually really excited to be part of the, the Media Excellence Awards with you in, in January. But maybe before we kind of get into all that stuff, Let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Um, I was born and raised in California, but um, I grew up in Arizona. Okay, interesting. So, very cool. So, walk me through um, kind of your your childhood a little bit and what kind of made you want to go into kind of PR. Was there kind of a defining moment or, or you just kind of, how did you kind of get into PR? I, I mean, I just kind of fell into it. I mean, when I was in college, I didn't know what I wanted to do, like most college students. Sure. So I just went with, like, started off in fashion, ended up in a psychology degree, but I started running um, advertising, PR, and events um, for my university at ASASU, and I liked it, became good at it. So, you know, like anybody else, after college, I pursued a marketing PR job in the event industry, and then it just I just kind of fell into it. I worked in PR for the client side on the corporate side for a long time over the years and ended up in an actual agency because I wanted to see what the other side was like. And then I've been on the agency side ever since then and haven't looked back. Sure. So up until you kind of founded um, Access PR and Entertainment, walk me through kind of your, your career a little bit because you've done some really interesting stuff. You've kind of produced, created some shows. Walk me through kind of that. Well, so, yeah, so it's weird because, like, you know, everything was pure, I mean, pure PR um, for the client side, strategic PR. I mean, we do a lot of consulting our clients and explaining publicity and public relations aren't the same thing. So I kind of checked through that. But my background, you know, I did stuff in the financial industry. You know, okay. after college, we all go through multiple jobs. So sure. I ended up at John Hancock Financial. But obviously, I didn't want to be a financial planner or work on commissions in my 20s and deal with that stress. So I used my marketing talent and tools. We um, produced and created an entire radio show, a financial talk show on um, KFMB, which is still going today. So that's kind of why I started realizing, hey, marketing production goes hand in hand with PR. And then I've done so many things, you know, 
out of the box on the strategic level for PR. We created the CMO Council, a big global initiative for um, CMOs, an event at an agency I was at before I started my own, rather than San Francisco. And then as I got more into mobile and digital entertainment, I started realizing early on in my career that you know, just writing a press release wasn't enough for clients. That's not really strategic PR. So, you know, we've done a lot of stuff, um, created events, did the PR manage events. You know, we've worked, um, did fashion week. We've done huge concerts and tours when we had AG as a client from the Black Eyed Peas in 3D to the festivals to Bon Jovi's tour, the Michael Jackson Memorial. So we've done bigger initiatives that were um, public relations, PR focused and based, but they started having a production value to it. So we've kind of emerged from access marketing PR to access entertainment. So we kind of really covered all strategic public relations initiatives down to entertainment. You know, we're not, we are a PR firm through and through, but because we are so well known and connected, you know, we're putting deals together for clients. We're doing startup showcases. We're actually doing some production on events and stuff that are great PR tools to raise awareness and leadership for our clients. So we've kind of evolved to a full-service strategic event entertainment firm over the past maybe five, six years out of the 15 we've been around. Sure. No, I, I think that's awesome. And, and the thing that was interesting to me kind of when we first connected was you've kind of basically leverage kind of PR and marketing and, and whatnot and moved into kind of stuff that's very much related, but I think a lot of kind of PR firms don't necessarily tackle, right? And, and I think for you, it's got to be really exciting. Well, for you and your team, I should say, it'd be really exciting to work on some of these like huge tours with big artists and and kind of these big kind of things, right? Because not only do you get to kind of promote them, you get to go to them, you get to kind of run them. That's got to be really exciting. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, the good thing for us, you know, we started when you and I met, was regarding the MEAs. It's sure. a huge awards program for the tech space. So it was kind of easy for us. It was like more like one big party in the beginning. So, and then it just ended up becoming more strategic awards program. So, I mean, I love events. Events are my favorite if they're done right, but they're also the most time-consuming and the most tedious. So, you know, we try to balance between public relations and events and anything we produce or create or manage on the event side. We make sure there's always a public relations aspect to it. So, I mean, everything you do has to be driven out into the market. So we always make sure whatever we put our time into is positioned to leverage greater awareness and leadership for whatever the event or company behind it is. Sure. So, did that answer the question? Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. So, I want to step back a little bit though, and what made you kind of decide to go out on your own and, and start Access Entertainment? Um, I was working for a big agency up in Silicon Valley, um, okay. a global agency, and Neil Main Partners for a while. And I just, you know, I think after being on the agency side, I realized there was a right and a wrong way to manage clients, and I just feel like, you know, I just wanted, I wasn't actually, actually, it's a really interesting story you asked that. Honestly, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Um, the market was crashing, there was layoff, people were being laid off, I feel like I was the only one standing at this agency, at an amazing digital client who I became good friends with, did a lot of great things for these guys, 
And, you know, I was just being honest with them that I may be leaving the agency to find another job. The market's getting bad. And they're like, well, you should own, you should own your own agency. You're, you know what you're doing. It's, it's not the firm. It's you that we believe in. You're the only one who's done all the work and did what we wanted. You know, we're paying the firm big bucks, but you're the one that we're relying on you to make all the successes for us. So this, there's two clients, a CEO and one of his VPs and partners. If it wasn't for these two guys taking a leap of faith in me and pushing me out to grow and do my own thing, I probably wouldn't have done it. I can't say that, you know, I can't say in hindsight I would or I wouldn't have, but I was like, well, I may go back to Arizona. I may go back to LA. I just got to find a job, make on the client side. We're like, well, whatever, whatever you do, just, um, just keep doing our PR because you've raised our valuation and our um, leadership and awareness so much that until you figure it out, we'll pay you just to continue on with you. And um, these, like Joe Lyon was the CEO of Payment One. I think they went from seven to thirty-nine million in the few years I was with them doing their PR. Um, wow. Great stuff for them. You know, Don Teague was over there. Big guys in the payment and security space. And I just, you know, I was good friends with them. Did such an amazing job for them that you know they took a really big leap of faith in me. And if it wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't have started my own agency. So I just decided, okay. We'll just call it a name just to make it look official. And then next thing I knew, I had another big conference client. that some other friends were like, hey, look, we need PR. We don't like the firm you're with, but we always wanted you. So come on board, help us out. And it just, from that point on, like 15 years later, here we are. I just wow. started um, doing what I did best, didn't have a business plan, didn't have anything laid out. So I thought, okay, well, I'm making retainers. I'm paying my bills, making great retainers, doing a good job. We'll figure it out if this is what I want to do. And then I moved to L.A. and got more to the digital and the mobile space and created the MEAs um, 10 years ago. And like now we're probably one of the top PR firms in digital and mobile entertainment and technology. Sure. So just so I'm, I'm clear, you started it in... San Francisco, and then you relocated to, well, Beverly Hills. Fair? LA, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. No, that's that's great. So I, I'm, I'm curious to dive a little bit deeper. You guys have won a, a bunch of awards over kind of your, your career. What do you think kind of makes you guys stand out so much? Because... You know, you guys have done some huge, huge events. You're doing huge events. You have some huge clients, like you mentioned. What do you think kind of makes you guys stand out from kind of the rest of them? Well, I think it's I think it's just a matter of, you know, we're not your typical big company where we have a bunch of account execs and interns just writing press releases, right. just, you know, charging you 10, 15 grand to think about you. I mean, everybody who's attached to access is senior level, very strategic. And, you know, what we do a lot is, you know, most people think publicity and public relations are the same thing. Oh, we have a press release that was sent out. Our agent didn't do anything. We're not happy. We fired them. We need another agency. Publicity isn't the same thing as public relations. And I think, um, it was Steve Jobs who wrote in one of his books very early on, his PR, when it came to his own PR person. And his whole thing was with Steve Jobs, how he made it big, his, his breaking point, like his first few years in Apple. He didn't have a publicity problem. He didn't need anybody to go write a press release about what's going on. He needed strategic public relations. He needed to tell his story to the right people at the right time. 
influence the market, create global footprints as a leader into the um, technology race, and really be seen and heard at the right time to the right place of the value he offers and why Mac and why Apple was a greater choice over you know, Hewlett Packard and the other PCs or Dell that was out there. It wasn't just based on the press release. It was telling the story. It was positioning him as a leader through various platforms. And he wrote some books that he talked about this same thing. Bill Gates also has a book. And in Chapter, I think, 11 of his second book, Patty Ekstrom, as Roger Enstrom has been his PR from forever. He's good friends with Patty. And he gives credit to her, like, you know, I am the CEO and person I am because of Patty Enstrom and the strategic positioning and messaging and the PR work she did for me. So you kind of look back at some of these great like innovators and visionaries who've changed the course of technology. And early on, it's a very clear difference from publicity and public relations is how you get your clients to that next step. And I just, we've always believed in that, that public relations and being strategic and creative is more important than just publicity at times and sending out a press release in a crowded market and race for recognition and then walking away isn't always the best answer. It's a lot of other variables to it. So we kind of follow that same pattern. You know, I, I like to say we're really good at what we do from the awards we've won because of our strategic public relations and the work we've done turning startups into M&As and IPOs that most PR firms don't do. But, you know, we also run and produce a very large awards program. So for us to say to one of our startup clients, hey, you need to get in front of the head of products at Intel. You need to get in front of the head of digital content at AEG, Sony Music, Fremantle. I mean, we have those connections. Those relationships are very valuable to us, and they're close. So we're also able to help our startups position themselves into the right market and introduce them to the right people that most PR firms don't. It's kind of a catch-22 because we're not a BD company. We're not a sales company. We are through and through a strategic public relations events firm. But because of our position in the market, what we own, where we have our own footprints, it's always helpful when startups that are fighting for recognition need an in to a big company they don't have an into. Chances are we do. So we kind of help bring them in under our umbrella. So I think there's a lot of various reasons why we're where we're at. I don't want to say there's a lot of really good public relation boutiques out there, but I think that there's a lot of areas why we're different than the rest of them, in no, my I, opinion. No, I, I think that's great. And, that was and a long-winded you, answer, wasn't it? No, it's good, though, but I, I think you're right because you and I met through kind of a, a connection, and you're right. Like You have a huge network, right, that I think especially you know younger people – um, maybe doing a startup don't have, and I don't even mean it mean, it's just if you're first kind of starting out, maybe you're in your late teens or early mid twenties, you obviously don't have a, a, as big of a network as somebody like you guys. But the other thing that I think really kind of sets you guys apart is you very much promote other people and you just happen to be kind of a PR firm as well. And I, I think that to me, I think, is is hugely valuable, and and I think the best example of that is kind of you know the Media Excellence Awards that you guys are putting on in, in January that you know I'm honored to be be a part of. So walk me through how you guys kind of started. Well, it originally started as the Mobile Excellence Award. So 
Why did you originally start it, and kind of how has it evolved over the last decade? Well, we're, we're super excited to have you guys um, at the Emmys as our media partner. Um, we're very excited to have you come talk to these innovators and leaders and what they're doing. So it's going to be exciting this year to have you there broadcasting and interviewing some of these guys. But we started out 10 years ago, and I'll try to keep this brief for you. Um, no, no, it's good. I was, I was chair of Mobile Mondays, which is a global mobile association, sure. you know, thought yep. leadership, peer networking. I did it with, with, for my last agency on the CMO level. So I'm like, okay, I'll just take over. I know the mobile space. We're a PR firm, so who better to totally get, you know, exposure and, you know, leadership in a PR firm. So I was running, it's kind of like, you know, monthly of innovators. There's everybody in the mobile space. When mobile was just a little before the mobile industry really became a mobile industry. So I took it over. But, um, Tariq, uh, what, uh, Yari, Yari, Tamistu was the head of Formal Monday globally across okay. the universe. He's based in Finland. And sure, he's yeah. just an amazing guy. And, you know, there's another gentleman called Ralph Feynman who created the Ring Back Toned, who's very big in the mobile space. And so these are these two men who are very involved in this. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to help run the L.A. chapter and do this. And, you know, Ralph was a client of ours at the Mobile Entertainment Forum and Association at the time. Loved him to death. So when they came to me and said, hey, take this over, I said, sure. So after our first year, I'm like, you know, a lot of these startups are not getting recognized for the work they do. We work with startups. We're very well known in the startup technology space just because it's a whole different animal than I can Edelman or whoever Chandler can handle. And we're getting pretty well known in the startup space. So I feel like when we have startup clients and they do big deals with Disney, Sony, I mean big brands, but they can't talk about it. Oh, we could do an LOI, but we can't talk about it. Oh, we did all this great stuff that we launched their platform and content, but we can't talk about it because the big guys want to, you know, kind of, they don't want people to know that they're using other people. Sure. They just want to, you know, keep yep. it branded for them. So I decided let's turn one of these mobile Mondays into a little best of, we can do a little conference, we can do a little awards, all these types of best of what you've done for the year. And so we kind of thought it out, we, we put a really, we put a board together, um, I pulled in all my guys, at the time they were all with big startups and big brands, you know, who were clients of ours at the time. Um, so somewhere over the summer, and I know you're speaking with um, Allison Dollar, yeah. at the Interactive Television Alliance, who's also on our board, um, shortly. And I'm like, it was like 2 in the morning, and I'm like, hey, what if we do this? What a good idea, right? Just make it more of a holiday, light thing, give out some little pretty awards, make it blingy. She's like, yeah, good idea. And then somewhere over the summer, I got a little out of hand, and when I said a little out of control, and it's a big joke because Allison and the board and I, you're talking to some of our board members as well. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. She got a little out of hand, and what became a small little fireside chat became a 200-person huge event, awards with Crystal Awards, like ran like a mini Oscars. And it was just so sure. much fun. And they were all laughing, and this was great. And then I'm like, okay, great. And then I moved on. And we started getting phone calls. Hey, when are the awards open for the next MEAs? I'm like, the next what? You know, the Mobile Excellence Awards. I'm like, the what? I go, oh, no, no, that was just a one-off thing. I had no plans. And then next thing I knew, I'm like, okay, I called everybody back, Mark Deachin, Jim Canella, Daniel Tibbetts, Scott Holmes, Allison Dollar. I'm like, guys, uh, I need one more, one more show because it's my agency that put it on, my reputation, my name. I'm only five years in the business. 
I don't want to let people down and um, disappoint people because it could be great for the agency. Just one more, just one more. So they're like, okay, fine, we'll do one more with you, produce one more with you, back you on it. I did one more, done. Just to make sure we finish the circle, bring things around full circle. Sure. Year three. Hey, one of the next year's opening. What do you mean next year? <laughs> like, crap, now we've got to actually do this again. So I call Scott Holmes at United Future at the time. I'm like, hey, I need a website. Okay, we're a website. We've got to do one more year. One more, one more year, and we're done. Just because I don't want to disappoint people, and then we're done. I just need your help. So it's not like, okay, we'll rebuild your website. We'll do an online submission form one more year. Like, okay, our last year, year three, let's just go to Paramount. Let's just make it big. Go big, go home. Brought in Verizon as developers um, community as a big sponsor. We went to Paramount, you know, during the holidays. It was always in December. I'm like, okay, it was pretty. It was sparkly. It's our third year. We did the whole three year. Saw the cycle through, then we're done. And then year four comes along. I guess we're just going to have to continue doing this for a while longer. And I literally, that was 10 years ago. And everybody on the original board is back on board for the 10th annual, just like cannot believe we are now at our 10th annual MEAs. Um, So somewhere through year, I don't know what happened, to be honest with you, Kevin, through year three and five or six, it just, it just, we just started rolling and getting international submissions. And then we started becoming the only awards program that honors leadership and innovation in mobile tech and entertainment. So I'm like, well, hard work, sweat and tears into doing this. We've got to continue. Um, but you know, it, it, it's a grind on us because the MEAs, is not for profit. It's kind of a nonprofit, whereas it's industry supported for the industry. So every year, you know, as big or as small as the MEAs are, really is contingent on the industry supporting writing checks to sponsor it. Um, we produce it and we, you know, eat a lot of our time as a PR firm making it work, but it really has to be supported by the industry. And I can't stress enough companies need to be recognized for their hard work, their innovation, and talent. But companies have to support and write a check. It's the only awards out there. Companies want to get recognized. They want to be at a place where they're meeting other decision makers, CEOs, VPs. This is one of the only places for it, but it's got to be produced by somebody, which means it takes money. So we're in a constant, you know, our messaging is constantly getting the industry to support it. But somewhere in the last year or two, when we realized we were ahead of the curve. We did awards for mobile, from content to technology to carriers, way before mobile became mobile. So we were ahead of the industry. And then somewhere in the middle, we were spot on with the industry. And then as the last two years um, evolved, you know, mobile is no longer mobile first. Everybody has a mobile phone, a smartphone, a tablet. Mobile and technologies become so big and still like synergies with your everyday life that it can't really be mobile only as a first. So we kind of expanded it to the Media Excellence Awards where we honor and recognize leadership and innovators in all things mobile tech, but as it relates to creating content to distribution from retail, sports, games, music, um, content delivery, marketing campaigns, everything on a multimedia platform for delivery. So we kind of evolved from mobile to multimedia, which is why how we're now the Media Excellence Awards, but we're still the MEAs. Nothing's changed. It's just we just got to expand and broaden our reach because a lot of companies who are using mobile for multi-distribution channels, you know, it was, just, it was just, we need to open up to everybody 
in content and distribution that has anything to do with any kind of smartphone, tablet, or on the go. So that's how we've evolved into our 10th year. No, I, I think that's great. And, and I love kind of the story of you basically just had an idea one night, you ran with it, um, basically because a bunch of people wanted you to do it, and you just kept it going because people wanted you to keep it going, right? And to your point a second ago, it is very much needed, right? Because there's a lot of people doing a lot of really innovative innovative stuff kind of inside of North America, outside of North America. And like you mentioned, you bring in a bunch of people from, you know, what, a handful, a couple dozen countries now at this point. And, you know, I think there's a lot of really cool people that probably maybe would never get to come to LA or um, maybe not get to network with some of the people that they would get to network with unless you guys put on some of these events. And I think it's super important for, for people to have access to that stuff. And, and that's been kind of how I've done the show the whole time is just kind of leveraging this global network to kind of bring people together. And it's been really great. Yeah, no, we, we just actually, we just talked to somebody out of, was it London? I don't remember, actually, maybe it was Turkey. And, they, you know, they're planning on coming out for this. We had a point where I think we had over 12, 13 countries fly out for the MEAs. So uh-huh. we are starting to expand and considering doing an MEAs in Europe just okay. because there's so many European companies in tech space. But a lot of them love coming out here. I mean, it's L.A., yeah. The weather's nice. Um, <laughs> you know, that whole stigma of Hollywood, I guess, um, across the globe is sparkly and glitzy. But, we, you know, we always have a few of our global submitters travel out here for the MEAs, which is really nice. Sure. So I, I know submissions are kind of closed now, but what do you guys kind of look for for people that are looking to maybe submit for next year, what I know you kind of covered the the areas, but is there specific things that people could you know start thinking about now to submit for for the eleventh annual? Because I'm assuming you're going to do it next year, whether you uh, people request it or uh, you're just forced to kind of do it. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's just work. So I just had a phone call um, the other day, and I was somebody asking about the twenty um, what was it twenty eighteen MEAs. Yeah. Um, you know, we do open submissions in spring, May, June. It's funny because I always get five or six people, and then this year asking, when are they opening again? I go, well, sure. we have to do this one. Um, so, <laughs> you know, but so we'll be opening the 11th annual ones in spring. So it's a cycle. Like, everything's on the website. You know, we'll open up the MEA for submissions in probably May, April, you know, in, okay. for a few months. And then close it down. So right now, the website's gonna be really all about pushing into the MEAs in, on January 18th. Right now, okay. um, and then you know we'll have to clean that up a little bit, and then we'll open up again. So if anybody is interested, they just either have to you know log on and add their name to the alert list when we open up submissions. We'll check back in May when we open up our 11th annual one. No, I, yeah, I think that's that's great. So. Walk me through, I kind of want to get back into some of the PR stuff for, for people that are maybe looking to kind of get in the industry. Do you kind of have any advice for them? Because it seems like from, from being an outside person kind of looking into what you've done, you've always been kind of passionate about this. 
You've always done a really good job. You've almost made friends with a lot of your clients where they think that you're more than just kind of like a a PR firm to them. Like you're legitimately friends with these people, especially if they've been on your board for 10 years. So what do you kind of tell people that are looking to maybe break into this industry? What advice do you give them? Um, I'd probably say don't do it. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, like I've had some amazing, amazing people who just, just love the grind. It's such a hard industry. People have this theory that it's so pretty, it's glitz and glam. Look at all these great things you do and all these high-profile things you're at, but people don't understand it's work. Like, it's a grind. It's sweat. It's tears. It's long hours. It's so stressful. We Bad clients, good clients, deadlines. I mean, people go crazy, you know, because, you know, as everybody thinks, the world is all about them in a good way, but, you know, there's multiple people out there doing multiple things, and so it's really hard being a CEO of a tech or any kind of company in general. So you've got to magnitude out like four or five of those companies you've got to manage. And I think PR people, you've got to have a thick skin and a strong stomach to be in PR. I, I don't think it's all rainbows and sunshine all the time. And like, I hate to say that being a CEO of a PR firm, but like, like when I talk to people who I want to hire, I'm brutally honest. And it's not all fun and games. It's work. I mean, I think if you love talking to people, you love writing, um, the media, organizing details, working on various projects, it's an amazing place to be. But, um, you know, it is a little bit stressful. So, And it's hard because be having a PR degree, I don't think, means anything. I think you've got to have the right personality. I mean, it's like anything you do. I could say, oh, I have a degree in VR, and then three years into like, dude, why would anybody want to do this? It's stressful. It's a grind. You know, I mean, it's hard getting into PR when you're young because you've got to intern and you do grant work. But I think if you really have that determination and passion and have some really good skill sets and want to make a difference and want to work, it's a great industry to be in. It's, um, it's hard because I think you're... I think having a PR degree, so if I were interviewed somebody who said, hey, I have a PR marketing degree, or with somebody who says, hey, I don't have a PR degree, but I got four years interning, I worked at a PR firm, I know how to write press releases, I'm, I know how to pitch media, I know how to do events, I'm going to go with the person who has the experience over the person who has the degree, because anybody could get a degree these days, not everybody could get the experience needed to really thrive in whatever perspective they want to be and I mean obviously sort of being a doctor or an attorney or something where you have to have an advanced degree you don't have to have an advanced degree a master's or doctorate to be in PR marketing and advertising I think it's the experience and having the right you know personality that really makes you good at what you do in PR no, I, I think that that's was like really a, that was such a roundabout non-answer answer. No, it wasn't. I like when people actually tell you kind of or tell me what they look for when kind of hiring and what they kind of look for because I think there's a there's a lot of kind of misinformation out there that I've known yeah. and had people on the show and it sounds like you're in the same boat where you you know people that have a, a crazy amount of schooling and then you know somebody that basically has a high school diploma for lack of a better term for it. And 
both can be just as successful or more successful than the other one. It, it really doesn't matter. It's kind of what you do I mean, with... Kind of where your talent was. I mean, you know, I mean, I look for specific things, you know, get sure. together, multitask, work really well under pressure, under deadlines, have a thick skin, have a lot of patience. I mean, I don't have a lot of patience and it's like, you've got to keep your calm. <laughs> the clients are always right to an extent. Sure. But, you know, you've got to know... You know, you've got to like what you're doing and know that, hey, I can't stand this, this is grunt work, but I know that if I get through this, I'm going to be able to handle that, that, or that project because I know how to do this. And I just think it's really learning how, you've got to really see what's beyond this, what you're doing right now to see where that skill set or where that experience is going to lay into. But I, I do think perception is reality, and I do think a lot of people aren't realistic coming out of school or the first two, three years, like, hey, I want to be in PR. Look at all these parties and all this glitz and glam. But it, when they get into the agency, they're completely shocked that we have to make them actually work. And it's hard work. And it's not just, hey, I want to go sit at a water cooler and tell stories and do Taco Tuesday lunches <laughs> and have a ping pong table like tech companies do. PR is a little bit different, you know? Sure. But it's like, it's like the MEAs, like, well, like every time we, like, that first few years when we did through MEAs, like, just that moment, all that sweat and stress and anguish and anxiety and so much burden on our shoulders with, you know, the agency to keep the agency clients and the MEAs rolling and 20 million people happy and nobody's ever happy all the time. Somebody's always complains. But, like, we go through all of that, but then... As soon as we open the MEAs with, you know, the voice of God and, you know, welcome to the whatever, first, second, third, fifth, that annual MEAs, and handing those crystal awards out, I'm like, okay, this is what it's all about. Like, this five minutes of, ah, we did it, <laughs> actually is worth the past eight months of tears and stress and drama, but... You know, it's like anything. I mean, we worked with AEG. We worked with the Grammys. We know how much work goes into those shows, and it's so much chaos, but... You know what? You got that 20 minutes at the end where you're like, yeah, all this was because of everything we were able to do. And it makes it worth it. Sure. And I also think, too, having a, a thick enough skin to basically tell clients when they shouldn't do something, right? And say like, whoa, 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 you need to basically say like, you can't do that or you need to do this if they're kind of saying no, 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 like we don't want to do that. Sometimes you have to kind of push them to do something and probably push them to not do something. Is that fair to say? Uh, you do things that you don't want to do always and there's things that you really want to do that you can't do. You've got to find a happy medium. Sure. And kind of just being able to manage that as a person, right? You need to have some sort of, because some people just don't like that confrontation. And, and sometimes confrontation doesn't always have to have a negative context to it. I think in a lot of cases, sometimes having that confrontation where it's constructive and you're, you're both arguing your side to come to a happy medium can actually give you kind of the best results, especially in like a startup, right? Like I think some of the best stuff that I've ever worked on has come out of a a boardroom where it sounds like to people, if they were listening on the other side, you were like yelling at each other, but it's like, you're all just passionate and you're fighting about kind of your part of the project or, or whatnot. And, you know, you're all trying to make it the best possible thing. And then you kind of compromise, but some people just, at least in my experience, aren't willing to do that sometimes and kind of fight for, for their kind of side of, of the project or whatever you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, I think it's part of a team effort, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Um, I just think it's, you know, like, it's so funny because I, it's almost embarrassing when you get to MEAs, people go on stage and sec- accept their award, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we want to thank you, Sarah, and access for all your hard work and team. And we're like, oh, my God, we're so embarrassed. This is your three seconds on the stage in front of the industry. Peter, the influencers, for all the hard work you did. We don't need to take the credit for it. You know, we're doing this for the team. So, but, I mean, it's nice to know. It's nice to be appreciated. It's nice to know that these people have their three seconds on stage to accept the award, and they're giving us the credit for it. Um, it's just, it, it's, you know, it's a team effort. You know, this was that saying, it takes a village. I mean, it, it really does. I mean, it's, there's only so many hours in the day, and I think if you have a really good team around you, it's not a pointing fingers. It's not a, I did this, you did that. I mean, I think it's a whole team approach. But, you know, everybody has value that's different than anybody else. And for them, my theory is I don't care if you only give a little bit, 1%. Just give it 100% of whatever it is you're giving, you know, because little things make a difference. Sure. No, I, I think that's that's really good advice. So I, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about the people surrounding, um, you know, the Media Excellence Awards, because you've kind of mentioned a board and, and whatnot throughout the show. But what do you guys kind of do you guys kind of do stuff throughout the year or is it just kind of just around the the big event kind of coming in January or, or is it a little bit of both? Well, I mean, it's, it's, we do like we normally do, we do the MEAs every yeah. year, yeah. which is big. And then we try to do smaller, smaller things throughout the year, like sort of showcases with visual Hollywood and other things. You know, if we could support an existing show or conference or something, we'll always be a media partner and help support the industry through the MEAs. But it, it, it's really just, it's, one big one a year. I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, unlike the Grammys um, and the Emmys, which I'm a member and a judge of, we just don't have that corporate underwriting to be able to expand a massive organization program, you know? Sure. Yeah, because it's a lot of work to put on one event, never mind a a big event like you guys are doing. So I I totally get that. That makes a lot of sense. So we're kind of coming to the end of the show, but I really want to kind of mention where people can get more information about yourself, access, and maybe if you want to kind of give a little bit of a quick wrap-up um, about kind of the Media Excellence Awards, if somebody kind of tuned in a little bit late, like what exactly is it and uh, when exactly is it, just to kind of close out the show? Um, well, yeah, so we could be reached at, um, you know, access hyphen entertainment.com is our URL. I can be reached at S Miller at access AXIS hyphen entertainment.com. Anybody who is interested in the MEAs from either tech, entertainment, a brand, studio, whatnot, from sponsors, they want to submit, they want to attend, all the information can be found at www.mediaxawards.com. And then there's a lot of different contact and areas on the website for anybody, whether it's in Europe or here in North America. Perfect, Sarah. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time into your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and seeing you uh, in January. Yeah, I'm going to see January 18th here in L.A. You're going to come down and thaw out a little bit. Yes, I'm, I'm excited to get out of the, the snow and the cold. Actually, it hasn't been that cold, except for maybe today. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I really, again, appreciate you doing the show, and uh, have a good rest of your day, and we'll talk soon. Perfect, Kevin. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening. Please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. Also check us out on Facebook at Building the Future Show and follow us on Twitter at Building Show. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.